Hello and welcome, and it is episode 35 of the Weekly Spiral, and in the second time ever, we are having a solo pod. So, it is just me, Casey Sully, your host and only member, and we're going to go over a little bit of NFL news, uh, some just a little bit of more draft stuff before we kick off on Thursday here, and uh, we'll, we'll get into some, some prop bets, some surprises, overrated, underrated prospects, and... Uh, wrap it up here so uh, first big news of the day Gronk is going to Tampa Bay unretired fourth round pick from Tampa and New England sends Gronk and a seventh rounder down to the Buccaneers and I think it's a great move for for Tampa gives Brady a, a familiar target and really he can help out in the run game great blocker and is a reliable target for for Brady, like I just said, in in the passing game. And now they're really kind of stacked at tight end down in Tampa Bay with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait and now Rob Gronkowski. So I'd expect one of those guys, one of those other two, Cameron Brait or O.J. Howard, to be moved at some point leading up to the draft or even during the draft, maybe a draft day trade. Um, I don't know that you can get a first for either of those guys, so might not see it on day one. But I would expect one of those guys to get moved and uh, things are rolling in Tampa Bay, man. Free agents want to get there. Uh, people are getting traded. All this kind of stuff to to challenge the the Saints in the NFC South. I mean, it's it's shaping up to be a good race. Um, who would have thought a couple of years ago that the Tampa Bay would be in this position? Uh, getting rid of Jameis Winston. Now they got Tom Brady. They got Rob Gronkowski. They got some studs at receiver. Uh, patch a couple things up on that offensive line and that secondary, and and we're we're talking about a Super Bowl contender here. So let's we'll see if they have a good draft and have some impact rookies. They they can make a real shot at it. Um, second big news, I guess, uh, of of the week is the Trent Williams trade to the Browns is is, is on the table. Um, but we've we've sort of heard that those rumors fly from Washington that Trent Brown is is going to be traded before. Uh, he's very disgruntled, doesn't like the, the situation there, and has expressed his desire to leave. I don't think there's any possibility that he will uh, play for the Redskins at any point, and he, he just wants to get out of there. So the, the real question is whether Washington will be willing to take um, you know, maybe a hit on their compensation for him. Uh, it seemed like they didn't want to budge from, from a first-rounder last year when he was, he was sitting out, but... Uh, they they don't really have a lot of leverage and he's he's a tackle that's well he's not you know young anymore but he's he's one of the best tackles in the league when he's playing and and will certainly be sought after if if they're willing to give him up at a reasonable price i think a second or third would would be reasonable to to get him over uh, to another team maybe throw in a player swap there the redskins need a lot of help so uh, patch patch a hole there and give him a, a draft pick and and I think he might be working but all depends on Washington what what they really want from him because if it's just a second round pick I've got to feel like a lot of the teams in the NFL would be willing to part with a, a second rounder for for Trent Williams um, staying with the Browns though since Trent, Trent Williams might be going there OBJ was being talked about as as being a potential departure from the Browns and going to the Vikings seems like that is not a thing. So uh, fake news. And uh, he's going to be staying in, in Cleveland. And I think that, that uh, 
he's too important for that offense. And now with the new head head coach and Kevin Stefanski, um, they're going to want to keep him around. They paid paid a premium for him. He's got a contract. Uh, I think you got to keep him there. And, and not a lot of teams would be willing to part with with picks and take on a big contract like that. So um, yeah, might have been uh, not the fairy tale ending that everyone thought it would be in Cleveland last year, but uh, hopefully this this year with with Kevin Stefanski in there and a, and a new offense and um, Baker Mayfield can revert back to that rookie Baker Mayfield that we saw for a little while. Um, but I think that the Browns are sort of set up. There's no way they give up OBJ unless someone's really going to blow the doors off and, and pay for him. But moving on, we got Yannick Ngakwe having a Twitter war with uh, the Jaguars owner's son, which is never a good look. Um, as we know, Yannick Ngakwe is a little bit disgruntled to say the least, about his, his time in, in Jacksonville and uh, has expressed that sentiment publicly uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere. Um, and uh, essentially the owner was like, dude, you need to stop doing what you're doing because all you're doing is driving your trade value down. And that just makes it less and less likely that we are going to be able to trade you. They franchise tagged him, which I think is the the main issue there. He wanted a long-term contract. He thought he was going to be done in Jacksonville. They told him that they weren't going to franchise tag him, and then they 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 franchise tagged him. So uh, not the best look. A lot of bad things going on in Jacksonville recently. I know the the Players Association even recommended to free agents that they shouldn't sign there because of uh, Tom Coughlin's stuff going on and uh, bad culture and bad faith agreements and stuff like that. So uh, the Jaguars got a little bit of work to do to uh, patch those things up. Not the best look. Traded away Jalen Ramsey. Um, they got some stuff to do. They might have Gardner Minshew making some magic, but they got a lot of holes to fix too. And moving on, last news, the most exciting news, NFL jerseys. The Chargers and the Patriots also uh, came out with jerseys this this week, um, joining the Falcons and some other guys that had released least jerseys a few weeks ago. Um, I like them. I think they look super slick. Not in love with the Chargers yellow pants, but otherwise I think they look slick. And I really like the uh, the royal blue Chargers uniforms. They got the powder blues. They got like the navy navy blues, and then they have this uh, sort of this royal blue that uh, is a personal favorite, but I think their jerseys look super clean. Uh, some of the best jerseys in the league. The The Patriots sort of just added some some red and some pop, sort of streamlined stuff, modernized it. Moving on, New Jersey's for uh, the the Stidham area, era. Who knows who's going to be at, at quarterback there. Um, but now if you're a fan, you got to buy the New Jersey's, right? It's all a marketing play. So there you go. There's the NFL news for the week. And now let's move into the draft stuff. We only got a few more days until, you know, the first real sporting event that's taken place in, in quite some time now here with the coronavirus and quarantining and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, they, they, they did a mock draft, apparently, with all the GMs, and uh, people didn't have their microphones muted, and there was a glitch during the first pick, and uh, there's all this media coverage that... You know, the GMs are super worried about Wi-Fi and having a connection. And what if we, we lose it and we can't get our pick in? 
Well, the NFL has said they'll pause the draft if any technical issues arise. Uh, John Elway said it looked and went fine when, when they did it for on their end. Um, I don't think it's going to be super likely that anything like that happens, and it seems like the NFL has put in uh, contingency plans in case it does. Um, but it'll be a combined first-ever broadcast with the NFL Network and ESPN, and uh, we'll have a mix of those hosts and talking heads. So I know Rich Eisen will be there. Uh, Mel Kuyper will probably be there, and then some other personalities that'll uh, be narrating and and producing the the NFL draft. It'll be interesting to watch because I'm sure it'll be it'll be different, uh, but interesting i'm sure uh, i'm looking forward to it it'll be interesting to see how things play out i think there's going to be a lot of trades and, and excitement going on um so now we're going to get into the to the nitty-gritty a little bit biggest surprise of the first round i think that there's going to be six wide receivers taken in the first round and who are those receivers one might ask well you got Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, Jefferson. I think those are the consensus top four. And then I'm going to go with Rager, and I'm going to go with Claypool. And a lot of people are sleeping on Claypool, but this is a guy that's 6'4", ran a 4.42. Uh, his wingspan is 80 inches, which is like six, six inches longer than his actual height. He's got a huge catch radius, um, super productive at Notre Dame. Had some issues separating. I don't know that that speed translated to film, but uh, he's uh, definitely a good player, and Rager's got the speed. I, I think people are going to fall in love with that. I know that a lot of other guys have speed also, but this is such a deep draft. Um, I, notably, T. Higgins not in there. I think he'll be a early day two, but this receiver class is just so deep. I, I mean, it's some of these guys would be, you know, consensus number one or two guys in a normal draft but here they are at five six seven eight um, guys like lavisca chenault and claypool rager mims all those guys um Ayuk, uh all really really good receivers and i think they can all produce in their first their first year um but since it's so heavy receivers you know they're getting pushed in the second round maybe even in even to the the, the third some people people are going to get a steal at some point with receivers um they're going to wonder how they they fell so far and um, they're going to be super productive for for some teams down the road there um i think there'll be a, a record number of trades um i think the record all time was in 2017 with uh 34 or so trades i think in the whole draft um, I think especially in the first round, we're going to see a lot of, a lot of movement, especially after the, the first couple picks. I think the draft really starts at, at number three and whether the, the lions move out of that pick or not. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be exciting and, uh, who knows what'll happen, but, uh, I think there's some underrated prospects, some overrated prospects, and apparently a lot of the media coverage has been super inaccurate a lot of gms are saying like this is the most inaccurate mock drafts that uh, they've seen and the media consensus is very different from internal gm consensus uh, there's uh, a lot less group think going on because all these scouts from different teams are are now isolated in their own homes and uh, in their own bubbles 
instead of talking with each other and trading notes and and all that kind of stuff at pro days and coming to consensus on on who they like uh, or who's generally accepted as the best players now they're in their own little bubble so the way that they rate these players are are, is going to vary from from team to team one team could could think this is you know the third best receiver or quarterback and another team could be like oh that dude is like number 10 um so it should uh lead to some surprises on draft day for sure people are going to feel like they got absolute steals people are going to be sitting in the third round wondering how in the world this guy is still here for us all that kind of stuff so uh but talking about overrated and underrated prospects for me the most overrated stands out as justin herbert um it just seems like to me this is a guy that is not consistent enough to place the hands of your franchise in. Uh, he he's especially early. If you're going to take someone at at five or six, he's got to be somebody that can change the culture of your team, that can consistently give you uh, productive games and some that you someone that you can count on. He reminds me of like a little bit of uh, Jameis Winston, Jay Cutler, that kind of guy that can give you absolutely godly games sometimes can make every single throw has the arm strength has all the the measurable stuff um but uh, for every play that he makes uh, throws an absolute dime and and leads his team down the field there's another drive where he's throwing the ball into the ground or making a super bad read not seeing safeties rotate and uh throwing an interception that that kills a driver or kills a game in some cases and uh, for me, that's not the kind of guy that I'm taking at, at five or six. Um, you know, I think he's he's realistically, I, I would I would take him late first, early second, I think is where he should be. I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to, you know, fall in love and, and go get those intangibles. But uh, I wouldn't do it personally, and I'd be nervous as a fan or a GM staking, you know, potentially my livelihood in this guy leading my franchise to success um and for my underrated i gotta go with the guy already touted a little bit chase claypool um talked about him already a little bit but he's just getting overshadowed and um i i think that that makes him underrated obviously so i think because there's so many names that we're talking about here um it's easy to forget some super productive and physically talented receivers does he need some work absolutely he needs some work with with his route running um some sort of feel for the game he wasn't creating a ton of separation at notre dame but he's got such a big frame and catch radius that especially if you have an inaccurate quarterback um you can throw him out there and and let him go high point something or, or if you're a little bit behind he can snag it or low or what what whatever it may be great hands and i think he's going to be super productive maybe he won't light the league on fire in his first year he needs a a year or two to sort of get in an nfl system find a coach that's going to get him right and and teach him the route techniques and stuff but i think he can be a really really good and productive uh, receiver and uh, i think he's gonna slip you you don't hear about him very much so uh, those are my two overrated and underrated prospects And uh, we're going to finish up here with some fun little prop bets that uh, are going on in in relation to the draft. So um, we've got a prop bet. 
for the third overall selection. And just as a little uh, gambling betting 101, if they are a negative number, so if it's like negative 100, that means they are the favorite. If they are plus a plus number, that means they are an underdog, and that uh, skews how much money you are betting to get that much back. So if they're plus 400, you bet 100 to get back 400. If they're minus 110, that means you have to bet 110 to win 100. So that being said, third overall selection, uh, they have Okuda at uh, even zero. Tua is at plus 400, and Herbert is at plus 500. So this is really asking, you know, are the Lions going to trade out of that number three spot? And I think that's Vegas is saying, no, they're not, because the Lions are probably going to take Okuda. The only thing that I could see happening is obviously someone trading up for a quarterback. So either the Dolphins or, or the Chargers getting antsy, trading up for a quarterback and grabbing someone uh, at the number three spot, which is obviously Tua or Herbert, or someone might fall in love with Okuda and be willing to pay the Lions to move up to three and grab him. Um, would the Lions do that with a team that they know is not quarterback needy with acknowledging that they may end up taking Okuda from them? I don't know, but I, I could see that being as a, a possibility or somebody that falls in love with an offensive tackle that they feel like the Giants are going to take. So if you want to jump ahead of the Giants and take Wills or Werfs, um, that's the spot to do it in. So tying into that, moving on, uh, the first offensive lineman taking. They have Wills at minus 115, so he's the favorite. They have Werfs at plus 115, Thomas at 375, and Becton at plus 1,100. So if you think somebody has fallen, if you think the Giants have fallen in love with Makai Becton, go place a bet on that right now because that's a pretty good return there for, for your investment. Um, I feel like they've got it mixed up a little bit with Wills and Werfs. I think Werfs is a more all-around polished guy, ready to start right now, uh, good athletic profile, and, and has the tape to back it up. Wills is a little bit more, uh, might need a little bit more work than, than Werfs. So if I'm taking someone at four, I want a, a solid, safe choice that's a good athlete and has the film to back it up. So I would go Werfs uh, on that one. Next, we have the third quarterback taken. So... Who is going to be after Joe Burrow? You got somebody and then number three. And they're saying, Vegas is saying that Herbert is going to be that guy um, favored at minus 115. Tua is even. And then they have Love at plus 350. Um, and I would tend to agree. I think Herbert's the third best quarterback. Um, whether he's taken there, I don't know. But that's, that's what I would do betting-wise. And... Love might sneak in there somewhere. If you if if you think that Herbert is inconsistent, Love is inconsistent too. And if you like Love's physical profile more, and and you, I think it's easier to convince yourself saying like, oh, Love had way less starting time, uh, so it's okay that he has these flaws. Whereas Herbert has had three years now and still has these flaws. That's a red flag for me. So I could see someone taking Love number three as the number three quarterback overall. Now we got a couple fun ones, and then we will wrap up and, and be done. Um, how many times will the broadcast experience technical difficulties? Over 4.5, which is plus 225, or under 4.5, which is minus 350. If this is for the, the first round, 
you got to go under. I think they're going to, the media is blowing things out of proportion a little bit. Um, I, I, I can't imagine there's going to be super bad technical difficulties, like someone just cutting off or not being able to get a pick in, stuff like that. I, I feel like they're probably going to have it all figured out. Um, where I could see issues popping up is if they're, they're in someone's home or set up a, a webcam for prospects being selected and uh, getting those reactions. I could see those having some issues, but overall I don't foresee much of a, a, a big technical difficulty situation coming up. So I would go with the under of 4.5. Uh, if we're talking about the whole draft, then probably over, um, especially day three. I think you might, might see a couple, couple glitches in there. Um, this will be the last one. Will Goodell be wearing a suit at the beginning of the draft? Yes. Is that minus 900? No. Is that plus 500? Um, I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't wearing a suit. I feel like he just got it. You're the commissioner. I know you're in your home. You can have pajama bottoms on. You can hide the pajama bottoms. Uh, but you got to wear a suit up top. Uh, and, uh, I can't imagine he wouldn't be in a suit. It'd be fun not to see him in a suit. Give him a little personality. He seems sort of like uh, some oatmeal, some flavorless oatmeal. Roger Goodell. I don't know if he has a lot, he has a lot of swag to him, but uh, I mean, he's got some flashy pajamas that he can wear. Uh, that'd be kind of cool, uh, but I'd be surprised. So uh, expect to see Roger Goodell in a suit. Um, but that is going to wrap it up for episode 35. I appreciate you guys uh, sticking with it. And I am looking forward to the draft and seeing what happens. It should be an exciting one. Make sure to go to weeklyspiral.com. All our social handles are there. Uh, You can find our Patreon, putting out blog posts. Uh, There's going to be one on Aaron Jones coming out on Wednesday, the 22nd of April. Um, Maybe the best zone runner in the NFL. Uh, You'll have to read to find out, though. Totally unbiased opinion there, of course. And I know Durgan's got uh, his final big board coming out, and we'll be live tweeting the NFL draft. So make sure to follow us on Twitter so you can get all that stuff, uh, get our, our our takes and opinions on that. But uh, again, we appreciate it, um, and we are bringing you fresh football weekly. This is the Weekly Spiral, and we will see you next week for episode 36.